Let's go to the word, shall we? We'll go to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Word reads, my son, my child, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In this time, I'd like to talk about something that we've all dealt with or are dealing with and will deal with, and that is something called issues. When we've seen someone acting unusually or acting out, sometimes we'll say, they've got issues. Or if there is something wrong in a situation, we'll say that we've got an issue with this or that, or we'll say that that person has an issue with a particular thing, so don't bring that thing up around them. In Matthew 9, chapter 20, verse, I mean, chapter 9, verses 20 through 22, it reads, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now, this passage talks about the woman with the issue of blood. But everyone that Jesus healed was dealing with some kind of issue. In fact, it happened so often in the ministry of Jesus that we miss it when we read the Bible. There were so many people that had issues, and Jesus healed them. Matthew 8 and 16 reads, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. They had issues, and Jesus healed them. Matthew 12 and 15, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. He healed them all of their issues. Matthew 15 and 30. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. They all had issues, and Jesus healed them. Uncounted multitudes had issues with blindness, and Jesus healed them. People had issues with leprosy. Jesus healed them. People had issues with multiple sclerosis and paralysis with being crippled, and Jesus healed them. People were being tortured with evil spirits. Jesus delivered them. Peter had an issue of a sick mother-in-law, and Jesus healed her. 
the centurion had an issue with a sick servant, and Jesus healed him with a word. People had an issue of death, and Jesus raised them from the dead. Now, when we usually reflect on these miracles of healing, our focus is usually on the person that needed healing and on Jesus, the healer. But what we fail to realize is that everyone that Jesus ever came across or ministered to through healing or through conversation had some kind of issue. If Jesus spoke to anyone at any time, there was an issue at play. Somewhere in the life or in the situation of whoever he was speaking to at that moment. Now, we in our laziness of thought and imagination like to key in on the woman with the issue of blood because she has been named the woman with the issue of blood. But everyone in the crowd that day had some kind of issue in their life. Whenever Jesus spoke to a crowd or a multitude, he was speaking to a multitude of issues. Not only did the woman with an issue of blood have an issue, but the entire crowd had issues. They might not have had been some visible or physical malady that needed to be healed in the traditional sense, but somewhere in each of their lives, there was some kind of issue going on. And so it is with us today. All of us and one way or another have issues. In fact, that is the title of our sermon today. You've got issues. I would ask you to look at who's ever in the room with you right now and say, you've got issues, but that would only cause trouble because we all have some kind of issue going on in our hearts and in our minds. If you'll notice, I didn't say we've all got issues in each of our lives because some of us might think that the issue that they are dealing with is a situation that is the fault of some event or someone outside of us. But I'm saying that we all have some kind of issue at work inside of us. Not a circumstance or another person, but an issue inside of our own hearts or our minds. No one is exempt. I'll never forget when Bishop gave us those statistics on mental health and mental well-being. It had to be around 1991. Some of you may remember. He listed a book that quoted psychologist Dr. Leo Scroll, who said that only 18% of people are well-adjusted and free from mental illness. 58% of people showed mild to moderate mental health issues. He said 24% of the people walking around in our society showed marked to severe mental health problems. Again, only 18% of the people out there are free from mental health illness. That's close to one out of five people. Think about that for a moment. Only 18% of the people in our society are completely free of all mental health illness. 
And that doesn't mean that they don't have any issues that they're just not, they're just free from some of those mental health illness issues. But one out of four people or 25% of us have significant mental health problems or issues that are in need of some kind of medical or clinical assistance. Let that sink in for a second. More than half of us, 58% of us, are walking around with mild to moderate clinical, identifiable mental issues at work in our lives. Part of the issue for all of us is that we can't identify who exactly among us is dealing with what severity of issue upon meeting them. We don't know. Some folks you can tell on sight, but for the most part, it is only after you've spent some time around a person that you realize that there is some kind of issue at work in their mind. Now, don't get me wrong. I love everybody. But a little ways into a conversation every once in a while, it will occur to me that this person I am talking to right now has some deep-seated issues, and I start looking around to see where security is, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> but I know that we would all like to think that we're that one out of five people that are free from all mental health issues, but guess what? You've got issues. We can't all be that one out of five people, and these statistics are from before 1991. I can't imagine how they've changed in the past 29 years. I mean, we've only gotten more isolated and narcissistic and apathetic and hypertensive since then. I mean, 1991 was before we started weighing our worth by how many likes and followers or subscribers we got on our social media pages, right? In 1991, Social media didn't exist as it does today. I can't imagine how these statistics would play out today in the age of COVID and quarantine and all of the political and cultural division and everything else going on in our society today. Society today. But I can only say that by this point in time, I am sure that we've got issues. We all have issues. They can't be identified on a medical chart. We'd sometimes come to church and watch others going through what they are going through, and sometimes we would forget that we too are dealing with and have issues. Like, how many of us are not able to live out the fullness of our relationships with our family and our friends, with people in our lives or with our co-workers because of issues. How many of us are not living out the fullness of our marriages because of issues? How many of us are not living out the fullness of our lives because of our issues? The woman with the issue of blood had been dealing with her issue for 12 years, but some of us, most of us, have been dealing with our issues since before we were 12 since we were toddlers, since we were old enough to start figuring it out how the world around us works. 
Some of us have been dealing with our issues since the first time we saw mommy and daddy have a fight and when, or when mommy hit daddy or daddy hit mommy. Or when mommy or daddy left and never came back home. Or when mom or dad got strung out on drugs or alcohol. Or when someone that they should have been able to trust did something that introduced them as a child to a world that a child should never have been introduced to. Or it might not have been that intense or traumatic. Some of us have been dealing with issues ever since we learned to grow up in an environment that was devoid of acceptance, warmth, or affection, or compassion. In an environment that may not have been physically abusive or violent, but it was cold and emotionally contentious. For some of us, Our issues started when someone important to us made us feel like our best was not good enough. Some of our issues started when the world or those around us made us feel small, powerless, unwanted, or inadequate, or less than. Some of our issues simply started when someone called us fat, or stupid, or ugly, You know, sometimes when you go to the doctor for a particular ailment, the doctor will ask you if you have a family history with this particular issue or that particular condition because they'll want to know if you're susceptible to that condition. It doesn't mean that you're for certain going to have that condition, but they believe that you might be susceptible to that condition. Now, my friends, if physical conditions and issues can be passed on, why don't we see that emotional and spiritual trauma can also be passed on? Some of us grew up with issues because those who raised up grew up with issues after someone who raised them grew up with issues. And our issues and our pain have been passed down from generation to generation like generational curses handed down. But beloved, it's our issues that hinder us and slow us down. It's our issues that keep us from being all that we could be. Most of the time, we like to believe that it's always someone else out there or the other person with the issue. We like to look outside of ourselves and blame others instead of looking inside of ourselves to reflect. You see, it's because whether we like to admit it or not, our egos or EGOs, which stand for edging God out, has convinced us that we're just fine. And it's them with the problem. And sometimes it may be them because, again, we've all got issues. But many times, it's you. And we've all built up our own personal strongholds and and practices of defending ourselves to the end, even if we're the one with the issues. It's like someone walking around blind saying, I can see just fine, stumbling over everyone that they come in contact with. It's like you'll be emotionally crippled asking, why can't I get anywhere in my relationships? Why do I keep getting in relationships with emotionally crippled people? What's wrong with them? 
In fact, on the block, you couldn't admit that you were hurting or that you were dealing with something. I mean, admitting that you were hurting or you were, something was wrong was a cardinal sin on the street. They would say, if you got an issue, go get a tissue. <laughs> but sometimes we let our issues define and identify us. It is our issues that we try to hide. But when they are found out and identified, we sometimes try to protect them because we think that they make us who we are. We've learned to hold on to our issues. Without them, we feel as if we have no identity, no validity, that they have, come, they have become who you are. So much so that we will try to defend them at every cost. We sometimes defend our issues because to admit that we have them means that we have to admit that we are wrong in the way that we have been seeing things. It means that we have to admit that we were wrong in the way that we were doing things. That we were wrong in the way that we are reacting and relating to things. Wrong in our perspectives. And you know, some of us, many of us, would rather chew on glass than to admit that we were wrong or that we have some deep-seated issues. Now, that may be a bit strong for some of us, so I'm going to recommend that you call the West Angeles Counseling Department, and they will help pray with you and help you begin to confront some of those aspects. Sometimes you need someone who can prayerfully walk with you through some of your issues. But you're not alone, my friends. We all have some kind of issue to contend with in our lives. Some aspect of our background, where we've come from, consequences of our actions, perspectives, results of decisions that we've made. These are all places where we get our issues from. Even I, at times, need to talk through and pray through my issues. Oh, I'd love to be able to blame everything on y'all, but even I have issues. In fact, if I'm being honest, I didn't even know that I had some issues until I got married and had children. Something would happen, I'd be like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> My God, please help me. But in every classical and even modern day story, the main character has what is called a fatal flaw. Now, a fatal flaw is defined as that trait intrinsic to a person's character that causes him to meet with hardship in the story and potentially in failure in the end. It is that one trait in the character, that one action by the main character that makes everything in the story go south. Just when they were about to win, this fatal flaw takes everything away. This fatal flaw, this issue turns out to be what turns what was supposed to be a victory in the story into a tragedy in the story. Now, the scary thing that has made this literary device last throughout history is the fact that all of us carry within us a fatal flaw. 
some kind of issue. I've been seeking the face of the Lord to find out what is my fatal flaw. What are my issues? Rest assured, we all have them, and they are keeping us from realizing our potential. They are keeping us from realizing God's purpose in our lives. They are keeping us from getting victory in our lives. But, oh, Christ came so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. He is in the issue healing business. Healing issues is his business. And if you let him, he will speak directly to the issues at work in your life. Oh, somebody out there give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. You know, in the Bible, it didn't even take a touch or a word from Jesus. Sometimes, all the person with an issue had to do was touch Jesus. Or not even that, all they had to do was touch the hem of his garment, and they were healed of their issue. Matthew 4, chapter 14, verse 35 and 36 reads, And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched the hem of his garment were made perfectly whole. He didn't have to touch them. He didn't have to speak to them. They, all they had to do was touch the hem of his garment. We have to get to the point that we are not going to let these generational curses and issues survive to our next generation. If you've yet to have children, those issues must be confronted in your life before your children are born or they will be bound by the same issues. If you already have children, you as the protector of your children and your home have to face these issues within yourself and touch the hem of his garment and be healed. Then you have to pull your children together and lay them before the throne of the Lord so they too can be healed. Some spiritually conscious Christian counseling and therapy may be needed. Amen. I know we pray to the Lord and I know we trust him, but you may need some help. It's okay. I know in our community, we have a stigma against getting this kind of help. But in many cases, we're in more need of therapy than any other community because we are more prone to attempting to hold it in and lack, act like we're okay. We have a century old, centuries-old practice of being tragically hurt and abused by each other and by society and then trying to walk around smiling and crying on the inside like everything is just fine, like everything is okay, like we're not dying inside, like we're not dealing with issues. In fact, our entire nation has issues. As a nation, we are in need of collective therapy. Like I said before, we've only gotten more isolated and 
narcissistic and apathetic and hypertensive and nihilistic. We've come to the point as a nation where we have nothing to trust or believe in. As a nation, we have issues. But if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. He's given us a solution to all of our issues as a nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just give the Lord praise for a few more moments. Now, the majority of the people walking around in the Bible or the crowd that witnessed Jesus performing these miracles and even more of us today are walking around healthy on the outside, but spiritually, relationally, we are crippled, blind, bleeding, wounded, and dead on the inside, wondering why we can't go further and higher in life, wondering if this is all that there is. But not all hope is lost because we serve a savior again that is in the business of healing issues. Jesus is in the issue healing business. It's right there in the Bible. People had issues and Jesus healed issues. Whatever your issue is, Jesus can heal it. Even if you feel far away from him or you feel that your issue runs so deep that he would never speak to you again, all you have to do is touch the hem of his garment. The word says it. And they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched the hem of his garment were made perfectly whole. I'm trying to drive it home to you. You can be made whole. You don't have to carry these issues with you around in life. You don't have to pass them on. You can be whole. You can be free. Jesus came so that we could be free. You need to be free because you need to go higher. You need to go forward. You don't want to let anything hold you back from what God has for you. I don't want my issues to weigh me down or stand in the way of what God has in mind for me. The only thing that can stand in the way of God's will for your life is you. But in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. You can have the victory over all of the issues that you are faced with. Oh, let's give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. You can have the victory. Now, I know that there is someone out there that is ready to move forward in their life. They are ready to lay aside every weight so that they can move to a higher level. By accepting Jesus into your life, you are accepting the one that can speak straight to the issues in your life, whatever they are. He even rose from the dead to let us know that there is nothing that he does not have power over. 
Whatever it is that you are facing in Christ, you can have the victory over this life and you can have eternal life. We want to invite you to become a part of the body of Christ. If you're not saved, please pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, we want to thank you that your mercy is new every morning. We thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. And now we ask that you would forgive us for our sins, for our issues. We believe that Christ Jesus is the son of God. We believe that he came and died on the cross for our sins. We believe that he rose from the dead. We ask him now to come into our hearts this very moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody give the Lord praise out there. You just met the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now a part of your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, beloved, we've now come to the time when we celebrate and partake of the communion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We like to give you a moment to go get the elements used in this most beautiful ordinance. We usually use grape juice and crackers here in service, but any juice and bread that you have on hand in your home will suffice. <laughs> 